little bits and pieces. I, I, I was blessed to watch my team. There's, they go like this. That's not I love you. That means hook them horns. I was blessed to watch them the other night and they took a rival from the past and they won the game 55 to 23. Hallelujah. And you know what? There was there. They, they, they finally won a game. Hallelujah. They went and fired their coach afterward, but they won a game. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, wasn't good enough. Wasn't good enough for the, the administration. They fired the coach afterward. But they very convincingly won that game. And you know what? I was in there. I was happy and I was thrilled. Praise God. You know, I do praise God when my team scores, you know, stuff. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But it was nothing, nothing like 2006, January, when they were playing for the national championship, a huge prize. Nothing like I'm in my office at the, at the farmhouse with it on the screen, and I get to see them win the game, the last play of the game. Fourth and 12, hopeless looking, but take the ball in and score and win the game. I'm sorry, children. I, I, children, you are free to go. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and Miss Becky is doing a superb job with the kids. Would y'all give honor to whom honor is due? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Doing a superb job. We, we were consulting about a verse in there a little earlier. She's going to be sharing with you. It was a good one about miracles. Hallelujah. How many of y'all believe in miracles? How many of y'all believe in the Jesus who does miracles through us and to us and in us? Amen. Well, I, I, I watched what I considered to be a miracle. I was standing there on, on the edge of the seat, last play of the game, and Vince Young uh, uh, goes like he's going to pass the ball into the end zone, couldn't find anybody. He just tucks that ball and takes off running. 12 yards is 36 feet. That would be probably closer from here to that wall right there. And there's a whole bunch of guys with USC uniforms wanting to kill him, aiming for him. And he's running through that pack of people right there. And he gets to the other side of the score, the end zone line and scores and is happy. And guess what I did? <laughs> I was rejoicing like God said to the people to do when they offer that sacrifice. I was, woo! twirling all over the place and dancing. And my children came out of the, the other room because they had never seen their daddy that way. <laughs> and I was hitting the ceiling of the house. Boom, boom. Woo, woo, woo. That'd be a little hard to do in here, wouldn't it? But anyway, I was, I was hitting the ceiling, bouncing off of it, rejoicing with the joy and happiness of, hey, we had a triumph, we had a victory. And God says, to his people, Israel, I want you to set your, your offering before the priest and say these words, and then you rejoice. You get to dance in Jehovah Jireh, by provider, his grace is sufficient for me, for me, for me. Woo, 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 and get dancing and get happy. Amen. That's his way. Absolutely. That is the truth, Dwayne. Thank you for that word from the Lord. This morning, moving right along here, folks, as we like to say down south this morning, you know, I forgot to put this. I had brought this, too. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I rejoice before you for that right there. 
that sacrifice. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. You know what today is, right? January 3rd, Sunday. We passed the big day. How many of y'all realize something? My, my youngest son, Gary, uh, my name, my mini-me as I call him, he's not mini-me anymore. He's about 80 pounds heavier than me. Pretty big dude now. And he's married and all. And we're, we're believing for more mini-me's to come from that marriage. Hallelujah. But anyway, he had a, a post the other night, New Year's, the New Year's Day. And he said, how many of you realize that after midnight it'd still be the same as it was before? <laughs> This is on New Year's Eve. And he said, how many of you realize that after midnight, it'd still be the same day and time and clock and everything else? Yeah. How many of you realize things would still be pretty well the same the day after? But yet we get excited, don't we? We get uh, not not and I wasn't. Dole and I, we were celebrating together. And we watched a little bit of that stuff on the TV, but we were praying together and celebrating together. And uh, uh, we realized we're, we're still the same people. We still have the same Jesus living in here. We still have the same word of God that we like to look at, study and read and, and put in here and let come out of our mouth. We still have the same joy. We still have the same Holy Spirit, the presence of the Lord. We still have the same father, the father who created. He said, I am the Lord. I change not, didn't he? Right. And he said this, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. So it really makes no difference, does it? Except I can remember reading this in Ecclesiastes. Uh, how many of y'all remember a fellow named Solomon? You can read about that. and You read the story that Solomon was one of David's sons. He was actually the, 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 uh, the child of Bathsheba, if I remember correctly, right? He was the son of Bathsheba. Bathsheba's their first baby had passed on. And then Solomon came. And Solomon was the chosen one to step into the position of the king when David left. And Solomon stepped in the position of king. And you remember the, 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 the incident that it describes in the word of God, I believe, in the in the uh, in the Chronicles. That Solomon, yeah, forgive me, I'm letting this little lozenge that soothes this throat irritation. I'm letting it get loosed and finished up in here. Solomon was was uh, approached by the Lord, by Jehovah, Yahweh, God himself in a dream and said, ask what you want and I'll grant it to you. And what did Solomon ask? You know, he, he was a king. He could have said, I want to be the rich. I want to be Richard and Bill Gates and, and Warren Buffett combined. He could have asked that, couldn't he? Of course, they weren't here yet, but he could have asked that, right? He, he could have said, I want to be stronger than Genghis Khan and, you know, and, and Adolf Hitler combined. You know, he could have, all those different things he could have asked for. But one thing he did ask for, who remembers what it was specifically? He said, I want wisdom. Why did he ask for wisdom? He said, because I have this people that you've promised will be as numerous as the stars of the heavens. And he said, I need, I'm this kid, I'm this youngster, and I need wisdom. I got to know how to do this, Lord. This is the most important thing to me. I got to have this. What am I going to do without wisdom? 
And Father, what did Father God say back to him? Because you asked for this instead of the heads of your enemies or instead of riches and wealth and anything else, instead of lands around the world. Instead of that, because you've asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you riches beyond your wildest dreams. Solomon was the richest person who ever lived thus far. How do you know that? Well, it tells us that at there that that it says silver was none accounted for. In other words, when you go to the exchange booth with your silver and they weigh it, they say, well, it's zero dollars. It's worth nothing. Can you imagine that? Today, what is silver? Thirty dollars an ounce, 32 an ounce. But imagine that going up there and it's worth nothing. It says that it was accounted as nothing. And there were vast silver dunes outside the city walls. Can you imagine that? I can only imagine <laughs> silver dunes. Imagine being that rich that you throw the silver outside the walls of your city. You throw it out, out of the dump. So he said, because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you riches. Because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you lands the far, as far from the Euphrates over to the Great Sea. As far north as south as you can see, I'll give you. And he gave him all those things and he gave him children and, and, and all the different things of life he gave him because of the wisdom, because Solomon asked for the right thing. He had the right priority. Now, you realize there was a point he wrote Ecclesiastes. He had turned away. He'd he'd made some boo boos like his daddy. He made some boo boos. He, he uh, you know, I, I can't picture this. Didn't it say he had a thousand how many hundred wives and a thousand concubines? A concubine is like a wife, wife B, wife, uh, uh, an extra wife, sort of. So at a thousand, can you imagine? I can't picture more than one. I can't picture a thousand Dola Warlicks in my house. How come everybody's laughing so hard about that? <laughs> I, can, I, I could not picture any of you ladies, if any of you were, I couldn't picture a thousand of you in my house as my wives. So you see, he messed up. <laughs> he made a big mistake. He married outside the faith. He brought Egyptians and different ones. They brought their heathenism into it and it infected Israel, made some mistakes there. He made other mistakes. He made mistakes in the business room. He made a lot of mistakes he didn't follow the very thing he asked God for, but he had that and was known as the wisest man in the world at the time. See, you understand that. So Saul, he, he did the right thing, had the right heart and then made mistakes. And we all do that, don't we? Amen. We all do that. But he had the right prayer. This is important. This is important. He had the right prayer coming from his lips. I want you to look at some prayers with me because we're going to talk about the new year. We're going to talk about the new year. Uh, these are actually prayers I found a couple, three decades ago. They're in there. They're in there for anybody to grab a hold of and use. But there was a realization came that these could be prayed, prayed for myself and they could be prayed for anybody else. I began praying them for my family members. One of, one of my family members was 
she, out of her own mouth, she was pretty well a confirmed heathen. <laughs> she grew up in the same house. She went up to the same altar at First Assembly of God in Kennedy, Texas in 1975 and prayed and cried and bawled her eyes out and spoke with other tongues like I did. She was there with me, grew up in the same house, same godly mama who was a, a, a street evangelist at eight years old, having church services on the street for other kids. And yet here she was, confirmed heathen at 45 years old. Same house. We all came together for that. But I found this. I turned my heart and began to pray these things, discovered them, set my heart to this. And you know what? I began when I realized that you could uh, you could pray these for other people. I began praying specifically for for my sister. One day, and I'm telling you, it was hopeless looking. If you said Jesus around her or to her or began talking about the things of God or church, you would get a cussing. That's how bad it was with her. How, how, how deeply she had turned away. But I began, I found these and began praying. I want to, to, to read these. And you know what? We, we nightly speak these and pray these over each of you, our family here. Ephesians chapter 1. Would you look at that up in your Bible, please? Ephesians chapter 1, whatever your Bible is, if it's a phone, if it's a, if it's a, a book, like I'm old school, I guess. I like having some pages to turn, something to look at. Uh, some like the, the TV screen kind of era. I like the TV screen. I like the, I like the tablet and thing because you can... You know, someone, I don't know what happened. Someone last night, someone shrunk the letters in my Bible over New Year's. Man. <laughs> we'll go through three chapters in full. And I'm sitting there stumbling over these things. Now, why? Dolan, did you shrink my, my pages here? <laughs> but we're going through that. And <laughs> we pray these over you, okay? Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. Paul said this, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints is, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. Now, can you look at that and agree with me? Those are extremely important things to have in your thinking and in your mind. The hope of his calling means what he expects out of you. His expectation of you as his child, as, as a as a full time servant of the Lord. All of you, you may not have reverend in front of your name on your business card, but all of you are in full time Christian service. Did you hear that? All each one of you, even the younglings, the young Jedis that we have, in here, even they are in full time Christian service. Just your existence you're full-time for God. Maybe you don't act like it sometimes, but you are. Just face, face the facts, folks. <laughs> 
So you, you begin praying this and things happen. I began praying for Susie that her eyes would be opened. She'd come to the Lord and prayed through the same time about I did in Texas. So she should have been serving the Lord like me. Same house, same background. She made these other choices. But you know what happened? I was, we were on our way to a CGMA convention, which we're having here in July, Country Gospel Music Association, which is a worship convention, really. Uh, we were on our way to Minnesota. Anybody ever go to Minnesota here? We were on our way to Minnesota to a resort that was letting us have it there. And we pulled into the parking lot and the phone rings. And I, oh, that's an Arizona phone I looked at. Oh, huh, who could that be? I picked the phone up and she goes, this person says, is this Gary? Uh, yeah, yeah, who's calling? Is this Gary? Yes, this is Gary. How can I help you? I didn't recognize the voice. She says, this is your favorite sister. <laughs> she was presuming a little bit there. This is your favorite sister. And she said, I want you to know this. And they, they called me Junior for some reason. Okay. Junior, I got saved. <laughs> and, and I had to stop the car. I'd put it out of gear real quick, you know, stop the car and put the brakes on. Huh? I got saved. What'd you say? I got saved. You got saved. You got saved. I've been praying for you for three months specifically for you to come to Jesus. Well, I got junior. I got saved. Oh, I'm so happy. Oh, I'm praising Jesus. Oh, I'm so happy. Thank you. She's going. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Before it was blankety blank Jesus before if she was referring. But this time it was thank you. Jesus. Oh, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. Oh, hallelujah. And so needless to say, our car is our van is going. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lamb of God. And so she, she explained what had happened. She said, I, I don't know what happened to me, but she said, uh, someone gave me one of those Tim LaHaye books about the end times. I said, really? Anybody ever read those books? About the end times, you know, the Left Behind series. She said, yeah, I, I started reading it for some reason. And she said, I was getting scared. I didn't know what to think. I was really getting shook up. And she said, all of a sudden there was a page that said, if you want to receive Jesus and you want to avoid these things that we're talking about here, this is in the Bible. If you want to receive Jesus, let's look at this in the Bible and let's pray together. And so she said, I did that. I read everything that it said. And then I prayed that prayer. Oh, thank you. She said, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And my my jaw is still practically on the on the dashboard here in shock and surprise. But it's why it's because of earnest. It says in the word, the earnest, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes a whole lot of power. James makes a whole lot of power available in the earth. So if you have family, if you have friends. You have people you're concerned about and you should be. Begin to pray this for them, that their eyes will be enlightened and open and that God will give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Amen. Come on. Problem solving device, folks. Solve some problems there. Now, Ephesians chapter three, turn the page, should be the next page over. Ephesians chapter three, starting at verse 14. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the father of our Lord Jesus Christ 
of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length, depth and height, and to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that you might be filled to all the fullness of God. And it goes on. I didn't have it printed on my page here, but it goes on to say you'd be filled to all the fullness of God and you would live a life beyond everything you could imagine. And I call that, I'm, I'm, I've got a, a book title called The Life Beyond Dreams that we want to sit down and actually write out one of these days and talking about that. But how, what is that, how does that happen? You're like Solomon. You're asking for wisdom from God and you're asking him to strengthen you with might. There, there was a fella uh, by the name, really popular, his books and speaking back in the 80s and 90s. His name was Peter Drucker. Anybody ever hear of Peter Drucker? I have a couple of his books, had some little tapes by him back in the day when I had cassettes. And uh, really, uh, really a great man in the business world. He really was really popular, really, really effective in what he did. And Peter Drucker, one day, someone came in, was interviewing him and said, tell me, what is the secret of your success in life? And Peter Drucker pulled out his Bible. And Peter Drucker turned it to Ephesians chapter 3. And he began reading these words to that person, that journalist. And he finished it up and he said, I have prayed that every day of my life from my teen years. That is the secret of my success. That's how I've done it. It wasn't me, myself, and I. It was me and the Lord God, my Father God. Think about that. Think about Grab hold of that, folks. Homework. I got them all on one page right here if you want a copy. <laughs> Just put your name in there. Put your family's name in. You're praying that you'll be strengthened with might. In, in the Koine Greek, the word might was the word muscles. Heavenly muscles. Anybody use any heavenly muscles here? I was, yesterday, I, I stopped in. You know, you're looking at a snow rookie up here. I jokingly complained to Dola, I didn't want to move up here to the North Pole when we got married, you know. <laughs> because that was my, you know, whenever I came up here to take her on the first date, uh, I, I get out of my vehicle and there's that much icy stuff on the ground and the snow on top of it. And I fell in wintertime for the first time in my life getting, going out the little prophet's chamber where I was staying to, to come pick her up and go to church. I, I walked out there and went, woo, bam, on my side and said, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> first time in my life I fell was here in Rockford, Illinois. <laughs> so you're looking at a snow rookie. And yeah, you know, the, the, um, last year wasn't very bad, really. This year hasn't been bad at all, according to Dola, who's lived here for years. It hasn't been real bad, but we had, what, six or seven inches a few days ago. And then we had another, what, inch or something like that, Friday, inch and a half Friday night with a little bit of icy stuff. And, and I had done that at the house. You know, relatively, we have the two-car driveway and the pickup's over here, and I just left the snow on it, left the snow in front of it, basically, because I was going to get in the little car and drive out. So 
I, and relatively easy. We got a little crooked shovel that doesn't hurt your back so bad. So I did this on the driveway. It, it wasn't that bad. I, I actually like to exercise a little bit. You know that? <laughs> so I got that cleaned out, threw a little salt down there, was able to get in and out. But I, I come up yesterday. I came up here because I, I thought we had unloaded our TV stand in there in the office and uh, uh, the, the shelf brackets that are going in the garage for our shelves to store all the stuff. I come over and it wasn't there. But I get here and get up in the front entrance up there and thinking there's that much stuff there. I think this isn't going to work. Miss Betty might have a little trouble if she's pushing that little wheel thing to get into place, you know, or, or anybody else. If, if Brother Al is here, Pastor Al is here, he might have some issues coming up that stuff. It might be slick. So I thought, you know, maybe I should do something about this. And I Walk, I didn't bring no shovel with me, so I walked back to see if there's anything. There's that little, thank God for that little metal shovel in there, that snow shovel. And God, the other one that's hard shovel, because it was like armor plated out there. So I get out there and I throw some of your salt stuff out there, shh, out there, and it, and it sort of melts a little bit. And what was up on the sidewalk up here in front of the door, it kind of became a little slushy, so I was able to break it up a little bit and get it clean. By the time I got down on the outer area out toward the road out there, it was definitely armor plated, wasn't budging. And I, I got all the way down the ramp, got it done, got over there and I'm doing this. Ugh, 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 ugh. And after a while I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> this body's not going to get this done. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. I'm still 39 plus shipping and handling, but it's not acting like it right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I decided I'll throw a little more salt stuff on there and go home and trust you that it'll be okay tomorrow. But you're looking at a snow rookie who didn't have concepts of that. The, the most I ever did was, was shovel 10 inches out of my 100-foot driveway on the farm. That wasn't hard. It, snow was easy when I was 25 years younger, okay? It wasn't a big deal. But coming up here at this advanced age, it didn't quite work the same. And so my mind didn't have a concept of you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to get if you want to get the church cleaned up fully, you need to get up there at, at seven in the morning and start beating on stuff and get it broke up and all that. And then you can move it out. That, that didn't occur to me. It wasn't a revelation. Y'all pray for my revelation about snow, I guess. We're up here. OK, <laughs> you can believe with me. All right. It just didn't work that way. So I came, got that done and left, went home and. Uh, Realize that I should have prayed for a little bit of muscles, right? I should have prayed for to be strengthened with muscles by the Holy Spirit. Right? I didn't do that. I made my first mistake. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Philippians, Philippians chapter one. Turn to Philippians. It's Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians in your New Testament. Philippians chapter one, verses nine through 11. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, <coughs> that you may approve things that are excellent. That means that you can try things, you can discern. You know what's crazy and what's not crazy by, by revelation from the Lord. That you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Anybody here want to glorify God? 
Anybody here ever decide you'd like to glorify the Lord? Amen. Would you? Here, here is your prayer. Pray that the love, you know, the word says in Romans 5 uh, that we know that the love of God is shed, is, is spread abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's given to us. So here is a focused prayer, kind of like Solomon was doing for wisdom. Pray that your love would overflow, would abound more and more in knowledge and in judgment. That you would try things, discerningly try things that differ and that you'd be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, that you'd be filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus to God's glory and praise. You understand these are some things that Paul is putting out here that is the will of God. How many of y'all believe that Paul was from God, the Apostle Paul? That Paul was sent to you and me. If you're not, if you're not a Baruch Hashem, Hamashiach person, if you're not Israeli, Hebrew genetics, which I have some Hebrew in the background. But if you're not from that culture and that background, it doesn't occur to you. These things don't open up to you always. So we need to have this. This was something new, a new commandment I give to you, the Lord Jesus said, right? What was that commandment? That you love one another like I've loved you. That's how the kingdom operates. It's a kingdom of love. Walk in love as Christ has loved you and given himself for you. Walk in love. Hallelujah. When you're doing that, you're doing it to the glory and praise of God. That's the important thing. That's what I'm after. Glorify his name. Colossians chapter one. <clears throat> and you understand we could write a book of Prayers, it'd be a pretty good sized little book, page after page of biblical prayers that you can grab hold of and pray. But these are the ones that really stand out there. Power, I call them power prayers for believers. Colossians 1, 9, 1 chapter 9, not 19. Paul said this there, if you have it, say amen. Paul said this. We also pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power to all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. <clears throat> giving thanks to the Father who's made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son or the son of his love. Some of the other translations say the kingdom of his dear son. You realize this, you, you, that, that's long winded, I know. But toward the end of it, I always add that part, Father, you, you've... You, you've, uh, you've made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, that you've delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the son of your love. The, the word uh, who has delivered us from the power of darkness. And remember what Jesus told the disciples in Acts chapter one, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power. And you understand back then 
these people spoke which language? Anybody remember which language they were speaking? And I realize in, in Jerusalem it was Aramaic, but they all understood the Greek language because Alexander the Great, one, one of the three great geniuses of history, Alexander the Great had conquered pretty much of the world then. And one of the things he was doing in doing that, he was trying to impose to bring Greek ways and culture. They thought that their ways were so superior to everybody else. Their philosophy, Aristotle, Plato, all those guys, they thought they were as high as the heavens above the earth. So they were trying to introduce their culture to the world. And, and so what he did in order to get started, Alexander had to train an army that could follow orders. And you understand back then the Greeks were city-states. There was Athens. You've heard of Athens, which is today is the capital of Greece. That was the capital. There was Sparta. There was Thebes. There, there was a whole bunch of these city-states. Uh, the people, it's kind of like in the Rockford area here. Uh, it's as if we all swore allegiance to Rockford. Rockford was our guiding light, so to speak. And we all served in the army of Rockford. And that's kind of what you were looking at there. So Alexander began to see there's more of the world. We need to introduce our superior ways to the world. And so I decided to conquer the world. And to start doing that, he had to get an army together that was without fault, an army that could follow orders to the T. No mistake, a disciplined army. And he did that. But the way where he started doing that, yes, the physical things and the technical things of chopping heads off, you know, and, and poking a sword and someone, all that. Yes, that was part of it. Yes. But to have a basis for it all, Alexander had to invent a common language. Because you understand uh, he would be he would have Athenians, very cultured, educated people in, in the army there. And then he would have some Spartans who were not so educated, but they were very warlike and very get her done type fellas. You train them to swing that sword and cut that head off. The Spartans were the first ones in line getting it done. You understand that? Very self-disciplined, very hardened to, to military life. And then you had other groups up in the Macedonian. Philippi is the most famous town, but it wasn't a Roman colony back then. It wasn't so educated and cultured. It was, they were, they were the hillbillies. They were the ones from, from the hills of Tennessee and Arkansas, so to speak, among the Greeks. So you get in there and you're, you're training your troops or you're in battle and you say, right face, right face. And so your Athenians understood that. Yeah, he's telling us to turn right, right. Your, your Spartans would understand that they were, they were going, oh, right. Your, your Macedonians, they heard him say left face. Their word for right was actually the Athenian word for left. So you got these guys and the Athenians turn right and they're ready to pull the trigger here. Well, your Macedonians have turned left and they're facing your Athenians. And they're ready to pull the trigger on them. So you see there was confusion, right? He could not have conquered much with an army like that. So Alexander, in his genius, he was blessed by God with a, a, a genius computer and brain in his, in his soul. And he standardized. That's why the language, you hear me refer to the Koine Greek. The Koine means common. 
back in that language. It meant common. It meant what everybody can understand together. You know, uh, we, I was in Australia here in English. English is like that. I was in Australia doing big outreach over there. And some of them were telling me, said, you Yankees, they call us all Yanks. Yeah, you Yanks. Those others from the South can get offended by that, you know. <laughs> yeah, you Yanks. He said, you got to be careful here. He said, for instance, he says, uh, uh, you're, you're eating a good meal here. You have leg of lamb and you're eating, you're eating so good and, and you just eat so much and so much that you get full. And he said, you Yanks like to lean back from the table and say, oh, I'm stuffed. He said, is that not right? Is that not right, mate? I said, well, yeah, some, I guess some of us might say that, yeah. He said, my daughter says tummy tull, but, but other people might say stuff. He says, you don't say that here. He said, that's a cuss word here. You say that word here and you're cussing as far as wickedness. So you understand in English, we've got that. We go to England and we say things, you know, and, and they'll be looking at you like, what are you talking about? Well, the same thing among these Greek people, they, they, they'd go to different areas and they'd say something and would not understand a word the other one said. So Alexander standardized, he made it the koine, the common. And he was able, through discipline and through the common language, he was able to conquer most of the known world, all the way to India of the world, and, and bring that Greek culture into that. So that's what you're looking at here with, with uh, I believe that was of God, him doing that. Why is that? Because God could record the New Testament in the Koine. And he, he could even put the Old Testament called the Septuagint, the Alexandrian uh, Greeks and Jews got together and put the Septuagint together. They could put that together so his word could go out to all people and people could understand it. They knew exactly what it meant. He, gave, he put different tenses uh, to, to, to get his troops to do things. He'd have to in one word, with a little suffix added to it or a little prefix added to it, they knew exactly how far to go, where to turn, how far to go this way, when to pull their weapon up. They knew exactly by the words that were used. And that's what he did. And so that's what he did with the Koine Greek of the New Testament. He put it in position. If you study it, you understand, have an understanding of it, you know exactly what God's saying. You know exactly his intentions. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's that that was good. That was good information right there to have to know that God put the effort out to get his message over to us. So notice this in Colossians chapter one, verses nine through 13. Paul had said, I desire that you'd be filled with the knowledge of his will. Whose will? Father God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I've discovered this. Maybe we'll do a series or, or a, a class of some kind, or maybe on the internet, uh, a, a class, problem-solving devices. Did you know there, there are a host of problem-solving devices in this word? There are. I'm talking about day-to-day -day problems of 2021. There are problems that you and I face that if we... If we grasp hold of the principles of the Koine Greek of what God intended in here, we have problem solving devices. We can solve any of our problems properly. And how many of you know the word says he always causes us to triumph in 
Christ. That was a good chance to shout hallelujah right there. Amen. That was good. Amen. He always causes us. We always we should always come out. The Bible says in the blessing, you'll be the head and not the tail. Right. Isn't that right? That's what he said. I remember a saying that, that people used to say, God said it. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you've said it. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. I have an answer to that saying wrong. Wrong. Here is the proper way it should be said. God said it. That settles it. I believe it. That's the order. God said it. That settles it. I believe it. Amen. You should let the truth take precedence over facts in your life. Come on now. Are you faith people? Are you people of faith? That, that's part of what faith is. You let the truth take authority and precedence over what you see with your eyes. Now, I'm not saying to be stupid, okay? I'm not, the Bible talks about having some good sense. You understand that, right? But there are things that you can apply this truth to and see changes. To see positive good and changes come. You know, the Word of God says this. You've heard it quoted probably at every funeral you've ever been to. Oh, we know. We know all things work together. You ever heard that? That's a big saying down south. All things work together. <laughs> finish out the verse. So I say, finish out the verse. To them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose. And the all things you have to, you, you need to understand, study that and understand what they're talking about. The all things of the Holy Spirit work together. Not all tragedies. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. All tragedies don't work together for your good. The things of the Holy Spirit, the things of the Spirit of God that in the middle of a tragedy can work together for your good. That's his will. That's what he wants. He wants you to pray in the Holy Ghost and get his will involved in that situation. Amen. You, you missed a good chance to say amen right there. Come on now. That, that, was, that was good. His will. Now, notice this. We've been translated into... We delivered from the power, and I got off on that rabbit trail about language. The power of darkness have been delivered from the power of darkness. The power, the, the Alexander set it up so there were tenses and different things. You could understand exactly what he meant. There are different meanings of, of the same word. We translate the word power. There was a word for power meanings, the capability. We translate the word power, it, uh, there's a meaning, it means authority. The policeman can walk out with his badge and his uniform into the street and do that. And you're driving, I have about a 9,000 pound one ton pickup. I haven't let loose of yet. And I'm driving that 9,000 pound diesel pickup making a lot of noise and I can sit there and honk my horn Bonk, bonk, bonk. And he's standing there. And you know what will end up happening? I will put my brakes on and I will stop. Why is that? 
That policeman had the power to stop me, didn't he? But you understand what I'm talking about, right? He had the authority. What would happen if I didn't stop? I'd be wearing a different color pair uh, clothing, orange clothing, right? <laughs> eating, eating jail food, wouldn't I? <laughs> you know, it'd be bad, right? So he has power to stop me. He has authority to stop me. So you'll receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It, does, it didn't mean the authority, it meant the ability. And literally it means the explosive power, the dynamite. It's called dunamis. Some of you heard that, I'm sure. Dunamis, we get the word dynamite. Explosive power of the Holy Spirit comes upon us. That's a capability and a power to move mountains. Boom. But here in Colossians, he translated us from the power of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. The power, the word for power there is like the policeman, the authority of darkness. It says he translated us out of anybody ever. I've enjoyed Star Trek through the years as a kid back in the the later 60s. It came on and I like to watch Captain Kirk, you know, Mr. Mr. Spock and all those guys. You got a kick out of watching them. But, you know, one of their the, the most famous phrases, Captain Kirk pushes that little thing at his side, the communicator, and says, beam me up, Scotty. How many of y'all remember that? You can see it today still. Beam me up, Scotty. Well, that is what the meaning of the word translated from the koine there is. It's beam me up, Jesus. In other words, you've been translated. You, you, you were in the authority. You heard me talk about the slave market of sin that Adam and Eve put us into. Slave market of sin, but you've been translated out of the authority of the slave market of sin. Jesus made this statement, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. So you've been translated, you've been pulled out of that authority. So the red-tailed, red-horned popo that comes your way accusing and pointing at you, condemning you, casting bugs on you, sickness on you. He has no, he does not have the authority to do that. Casting mental thoughts and illness into your brain. He doesn't have the authority because my Bible says he has, God has translated us out of that into the kingdom of Jesus. We belong as sons of God to the authority, to the kingdom, the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you say that before the Lord? Father God, thank you for translating me from the authority of darkness to the kingdom of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. It's so, it's so, you know what? That was the introduction to my message, my new year revolution. My new year revolution, not resolution, my new year revolution. 
Where'd you go? This is what I don't like about these. A book, I can open it right up or a piece of paper open, it's right there. The book, you got to get this thing. Um, you've got to open it up and wait on it to get up there. There it is right there. Thank you, Jesus. A revolution defined. Number one, the motion of an object around a point, especially around another object in a center of mass. You know, we think of the earth and the sun, right? It's a going, it's a cycle, a revolution. And the word of God talks about things being in cycles, don't they? Ecclesiastes, a time to do this, a time to plan, a time to harvest, all these things, cycles, right? And we've just come through an annual cycle, right? We're celebrating something new, a brand new year. The days are getting longer, amen? Now, a revolution also means a sudden or momentous change in a situation. A sudden or momentous change in a situation. Number three, the overthrow of a government or a form of government or a social system by those governed and usually by forceful means with another government or system taking its place. They're trying to do that right now, aren't they? Yeah. We're, trying, we're seeing that right now in our nation, aren't we? Amen. You know, the American Revolution it talked about in 1775, the French Revolution, a horrible thing. The Chinese Revolution, a horrible thing. The Russian Revolution, a horrible thing. A lot of times, it's, it, it can, a lot of bad comes out of but our American Revolution, a lot of good came out. Amen? A nation called of God. Amen. Number three, number four, a complete or radical change of any kind. A complete or radical change of any kind. So I was sharing today, and we haven't got that far, my New Year's revolution. I didn't make any resolutions, but I have a revolution going on. I've been translated out of the authority of darkness. I'm revolting against the authority of darkness. I invite each of you as family members, revolt against the authority of darkness. Refuse him. Kick him out. Get her done. Kick him on out the door. Amen. 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 Revolt. Revolt against the kingdom of darkness. Renew the covenant. The Israelites did that over and over again. Who's ready to renew their covenant? Renew your position, your standing, your right standing with the Lord, your righteousness. Renew. Get her done. Renew him. Amen. Who's ready to renew, to revolt against sickness? Revolt against sickness of any kind. I'm not talking about just, just a flu. I'm talking about mental sickness. I'm talking about spiritual sickness. I'm talking about financial sickness. There is such a thing called poverty. Revolt, revolt, revolution. But then renew the covenant. God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Him. Amen. Revolt, revolt, revolt against revulsion. Revolt against rejection. Thank you, Father God. Just wait on him just a moment. Wait on him just a moment. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb.
Alleluia to the Lamb of God. Alleluia to the Lamb. Hallelujah. Revolt against the past. I see a lot of heads nodding at that one. Revolt against the past. Revolution against the past. Because the past is not you. Yes, there's been a formation of you and your person by the past, but revolt against it. Lay it behind. Paul said that, right? I, I put it behind me. I lay it behind. I press forward. Renew your passion to press forward. Amen? Amen. Put first the future. Revolt against rejection. Focus on favor. I can, I can write you a book. can do a whole seminar about favor. Things that have happened favorably to me and my house recently, this year. 2020 was a lot of people a horrible year, right? A lot of people. We're so glad it's over, right? Horrible time. But there's favor. There was favor. There is favor. Press into favor. Amen. Focus on the favor. Revolt, revolution against any separation from God of any kind. Any breaking of fellowship, revolt. But then press face to face with Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Consider Jesus the author, the completer, the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, not despising the shame. He sat down on the right hand of the Father. That's favor. That's favor. That's the flavor of favor. Can never be taken away. He can never be kicked off the throne. Hallelujah. And you know what? You're with him. You are with him. He hath raised us up and made us sit together with him in heavenly places. Press into that place. That position. King's kid. Child of God. Child. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. He calls me friend. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lamb of God. Thank you, Lord. Let's praise him right now. Father God, oh, Father God, we praise and bless your holy name. Give glory and honor to your name. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb. Father God, thank you for your word that's gone forth. Thank you that the people will, will press into passion that the family will press into face-to-face uh, -face with Jesus, press into your passion, the passion of the Christ, <coughs> press into your word, press into your destiny and future, Father God. Thank you for that. And we're loosing that forward before them in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me say this. Uh, we have a prophet of God, the real deal. Sometimes you come across... A, and it's, it's not as reliable, but he's the real deal. I've known him for a couple of years from Chicago. Fred Aguilar will be here on the 17th. We'll receive communion together. He'll bring the word of the Lord. A true prophet brings forth a direct throne room word from heaven and speaks personally into your life, adds to you, edifies, exhorts, and comforts you by the word of the Lord. He will be here the 17th Sunday morning. And we'll have together, Tanya, we'll have a special set of worship together that Sunday. The team will get together and we'll all worship and bring in that heavenly fullness 
of the presence of the blessing. Amen. He'll be here. Anybody ever heard of Brother Fred? You know who Fred is? He's out of Chicago now. They just moved there. He'll be here. He'll be sharing. And we'll have a time together in the Lord. Amen. Uh, next weekend, Dola and I, she's planning on being at, back. Uh, we will be sharing about our new year together as a church family. Amen. So looking forward to seeing you Wednesday night for the believers meeting. There are changes coming to the Wednesday evening believers meeting services. Uh, good changes coming. Wonderful changes coming together for it. Amen. And we'll be announcing that we'll be getting together with different folks, leaders about different things and all. It'll be a wonderful time in the Lord. We'll see you Wednesday night. Now, I want to bless you before you leave. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom from heaven, from above. Amen. The love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus, the friendship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of you as you go. Amen. Praise you, Jesus.